Looking for your next holiday? Maybe a long weekend with your mates? Or really need to get to the next game? Then it's time to What If It. What If has great deals on accommodation, flights, car hire and more. Plus, because they're the official travel partner of the South Sydney Rabbitohs, you can head to whatif.com.au forward slash Rabbitohs and use the promo code Rabbitohs15 to save 15% on selected hotels. Conditions apply. What if? It's Aussie for travel. Rabbitohs Radio Podcast. Brent Chappell, Steve Maven and Darren Brown. <laughs> Chaps is red hot here, so my phone was running hot there for a while. But Could you catch him? Well, only if I got a bit of a start. <laughs> it's great for rugby league, but more importantly, it's great for the mighty Rabbitohs. Welcome to another edition of Rabbitohs Radio. My name is Grant Chappell, joined by two former Rabbitohs, Darren Brown, Steve Maven. What's going on, boys? Hello, chaps. Hello, Brownie. G'day, boys. How are we? Yeah, not too bad. We've uh, we had a bit of a tough loss the other night, but uh, I mean, it was good to get out and watch all those um, pathways teams. The Jersey flag had a bit of a win, boys. We'll talk about that one later. Yeah, mixed emotions uh, for once this year. Oh, I mean, the second time. You know, we've got to spend a weekend after a, a heavy loss, but one good thing: the Roosters got beat as well. Well, sometimes they say that you learn more from a loss than a win, boys. You know, I. Pretty sure they'll learn a hell of a lot of lessons coming out of that uh, touch-up from the Storm. They will do. Yeah, as a kick up the backside we probably needed. We only get beat by the Storm. Only get beaten by the top sides here at Redfern. So, chaps, what's on the show? We recap that loss to the Storm, 50 blot. And we also chat to rookie halfback, Dean Hawkins. Nice little interview with young Dean. Our remembering a rabbit this week is Alf Itchy O'Connor. From those um, 1920 sides, and I'll tell you what, he is tough as they come. And we also preview that game against the Sharks, Magic Round, up there at Suncorp Stadium, boys, Saturday afternoon, 5.30pm. So, chaps, you just mentioned the Sharks game there, and we are going to be doing a show at the Juniors Malabar this Saturday at 5 o'clock. So I hope you can all get up there. And we've got a message from Kaz Singles that young Koa saw chaps on the poster up there and said, oh, look, Mum. Chaps is a famous model. <laughs> oh, mate, I might, I might be a hand model, I think, but um, got a head like a rubber thong. Only six out of seven days of the week. But anyway. Just on that night, make sure you get there early, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, I believe it gets quite full up there very early. Oh, this house, mate. It's a race Malabar. day. Malabar. And like you said, it is the, um, the magic round. So get oh, there early. To a, lot get of, your a lot of huge Malabar families seats. down there. The Hickeys, the Seguruses, they won't miss out, I'll tell you. Yeah, it'll be a busy night and get up there early, have some food, make sure you remember, cheaper drinks. So it's going to be a big night. We're really looking forward to that. We're going to put on a magic show on Magic Round, but we probably won't pull a rabbit out of the hat unless you've got something up your sleeve, chaps. <laughs> All right, and Brownie, Dirty Neville didn't mention something last week, an important fact. Yeah, that's correct. Um, we covered a lot of things about Dirty including he's a life member of two foundation clubs. But one thing he didn't mention, and I found out during the week, that he was in the mascot team of the century, boys. So a great achievement and a great honour for Dirty. It's something that I think we needed to get out there because some of the players in that team, the likes of the great man himself, George Pickens, Greg Mackey, 
Mario Fennick, Ian Roberts, and Alf O'Connor, who will be featuring later in the show. So an amazing achievement for Dirty, uh, and congratulations on that that honour as well. Not bad from a bloke from Botany. Maybe were you in this side from Mascot? The no, Cots? Well, never, you played at the Cots one year. No, didn't you? I refused to wear the, the two blues of Mascot, and okay. they, were the, they were the enemies. But speaking on that, Chaps, there was a couple of noses out of joint uh, from the Mascot people about Dirty achieving that honour. Mm. So, yes, because he's a Botany boy. He's a Botany boy. We spoke to him about that last week. And what about Dee Brown? Is it because you were a Waterloo junior that you missed that team, mate? Yeah, I'd say so. I only spent a couple of years at Mascot myself. Didn't have a... Put a lot of time in coaching there, though. I did. I did. I coached there for probably 12 years. But I think it's all about the playing days. Yep. Uh, them honours. Well, it's a tough side to break into, oh, let's be was. honest. Like yeah. Mascot, sort of I'll let, the I'll proudest, let, proudest, longest junior club we've got out there. I'll let Ian and Mario take my spot. Yeah. Not a problem. Shout yeah. out to all, the, all them Cots players out there, present and former. And speaking of George Piggins, I spoke to Dr. Jimmy LaHood during the week, and he's very close to George, and he said that George is still in a serious condition, but he is stable. However, his recovery is extremely slow, so he'll be in hospital for a little while yet. Yeah, get well soon, George. Yeah, get well, Georgie. And talking of Rabbitohs, a Rabbitoh, a very famous Rabbitohs daughter is in the news, Brownie. Yeah, Tara Coleman, boys. Uh, Tara's a Nutrigrain Iron Woman. And she's been out of the sport for three years. She had a, a groin operation and had some complications with the recovery and wasn't uh, competing in that time. And uh, she made a comeback only a couple of weeks ago in the Australian titles. And being out of the game for three years, you think she'd probably just go through the motions. But no, not Tara. Um, she qualified for three events. In the three events that she competed for she qualified for the final in the swim board and Iron Woman what a tough girl yep. a lot yes. of hard work she puts in a lot of hours training down there at Maroubra uh, on the ski you know swimming she's a very good swimmer up early it's not an easy trade being, oh, a, no, being an Iron Woman a lot of my mates did it growing up uh, Brett McGuinness Johnny Gannon and it, oh, mate, they just they just flog yourself Kane Husner. Yeah, it's, uh, it's a thankless sport you're up there Looking at the bottom of the pool, K after K, soft sand runs, mm. um, getting on the ski, the board, in all conditions, uh, middle of winter, in your in, so your, di- in your dick stickers, and uh, mate, it's, it's it's tough. Yeah, so she's got that red and green blood through her. Uh, she's got plenty of heart. Plenty of fight in her. She's also the granddaughter of the great Bobby Ginman, so no surprise to see that she's tough as nails and... Mum Deb was a good sportsman too, good touch players, and yeah. obviously Tugger, one of the greats. Yeah, so congratulations to Tara and a great comeback, and uh, we'll be seeing more of her. Just on rate and review, I think we do mention it um, every week there, but how important it is to rate and review just gets us up there for a bit of a plug on Apple in particular, Maven. We got a nice review this week. We did. We got one from the Ramsey family, and I'll just read it out so you can hear an example of what we want you to say about us, please. Outstanding platform is... The Rabbitohs Radio Podcast. We listen in the car on the way to the gym, school, golf and rugby. On one side you have the raw passion that Chaps has for the Rabbits. It's amazing. Add in two great past Bunnies players in Mavo and Brownie who always give great insights and opinions. Then you have this year the arrival of the top four programs. Sheer laughter from Elo, Shannon and Jez. 
The boys give us an insider look at the happenings around the club. Well done, lads. From Mick, Karen, Gemma and Tate. That's from Mick and Brizzy. Our man, Mick Ramsey, son of the great Peter Ramsey on the board of the juniors. Isn't that a great plug for the network? Rabbitohs yeah. Podcast Network. Thank you very much to the Ramsey family, all of you. Yeah, appreciate that uh, from the Ramsey family. And his son has been invited to a big golf tournament. He has. He's been invited to a tournament in the US and because they've recognised that he is a gun golfer, young Tate, and I congratulated him on that. So that'll be a great experience for, for him and he does hit the ball really well. Washington, I think it is. In Washington. And wow. yeah, Mick was a good golfer too and he's... He's got a good swing, young yeah. Tate. He's nothing like you, Mavo. He's got a really good swing. <laughs> hey, Mavo's got a good swing. You uh, just don't hit him straight. Nah. <laughs> he's, he's got a swing like a rusty gate. He's a... Yep. No, poor, he's, poor man's Craig Parry. He's yeah. getting better, mate, let me tell you. Yeah, and I spoke to Mick not long ago when he said, as soon as they come down, we're going for a game of golf. Can't yeah. wait for that. Can't wait to get a few tips off young Tate. Champion young man he is. Yeah, good luck over there as well. Yep. Now it might be time to recap that loss to the Storm Thursday night out there at Stadium Australia where we were knocked off 50 blot. And I don't think any of us went to that game thinking uh, the scoreline was going to be like that. We were sort of we were in a bit of an arm wrestle. I mean, 21 minutes into the game, it was only four nil, and we had a, a chance down the left hand side to to put another try over on, on that real strong side. We got strong side left side, and um, passes ruled forward. Might have been a 50-50 pop. Might have been a bit slight, slightly forward. But with my red and green eye, I thought it was I thought it was fine, Brownie. And uh, from there on in, once once Harry Grant and um, Smith were on the field at the same time, <laughs> the line split just went up. A notch, and we just could not go with them. We we couldn't get out of our own end. Tackles one, two, and three. They they must have had a bee in their bonnet on the tip sheet. Let's get up, cut those two front rowers down, cut their wingers down. Don't let them make more than five meters, and it just gave no space to our halves out the back, and we just didn't really have a chance from there on in, boys. Yeah, too big, too fast, too strong, boys. Uh, just on the night, and look, it was always going to be a tough ask, like you said, chaps. We didn't really go up there expecting. Big things, but it's hard enough to beat Melbourne full strength, let alone with $4 million, $5 million worth of salary cap sitting on the sideline. So, you know, it's, uh, it was just one of them games. And once Melbourne got a sniff, they, they just went right on with the job. And uh, they played probably a 9 out of nine out of 10 performance from the Melbourne Storm. And we just, we just had no answers for them, really. Well, they monstered us. They got off their line. It was like they were offside all the time, but they were just sprinting up in the line, and it was brutal in defence. They just manhandled us in the middle, and yeah, it was. And we weren't at our best. We dropped too much ball. We didn't complete enough sets. Mm. And then at one stage in the first half, I think Junior had a hit up on the last tackle attacking the line, mm. and you just can't do that against this team. You've got to get everything right. Get to your kicks. And it was a bit of a night to forget, boys. Yeah, look, Wayne said in the press conference that uh, this game had been building. So, you know, it's probably if we did have our, our full complement of players, uh, you know, the result might have been the same because Wayne was under the impression that, you know, this game was coming. And it's I think the, the quicker we forget about it, obviously the boys will do the review. They'll go through the game and, and see, you know, where they went wrong and... They'll chuck the tape out the window and get ready to start getting ready for next week against the Sharks game. Well, our season sits at seven wins and two losses. The two losses have been to the Storm, so there's no disgrace in that. No, we've only been beaten by the one side, and um, mm. they seem to have our measure. And I think we've only beaten them once in a regular season match since 2011, boys. It's a damning stat. It mm. won't last forever. Mm. 
we, we've had um, a couple of hoodoos against a few sides in in the in the 90s in the early 2000s, and we we broke out of that. And I'm hoping it's not too far away, boys. Um, basically, the stat that stands out was 93 percent completion in driving rain. It was sort of coming in waves every 10 or 12 minutes, and for them to complete complete at that is pretty impressive from the Melbourne Storm. And they were just about at full strength as well, chaps. I think they only had Ryan Pappenhausen who was missing. So And, uh, and Nico Hines steps in and, and he's, he's got some game about him, oh, that young boy, from, young boy from your minor. A mate of mine used to coach him up there at your minor bunnies and just he, on he the, has been a standout in, in all those um, grades up through there and he's actually a ball playing 5'8". That's what he came through as, so they've also got him up their sleeve if anything happens in the halves there. You've got to give credit where it's due and uh, what a team they are. And do you think they're a better side, boys, without Cameron Smith? I, I, well, the I depth, think they're getting better. Well, like you just said, Nico Hines comes in at fullback. Pappenhausen's not there. You think, oh, they might say. He's a, he had a blinder. Yeah. He played they've well. got some depth there. And yeah, Brownie, That one-two punch, you know, uh, Smith and Grant. Smith started at lock. It's, uh, oh, if they can again. stay injury-free, I, I think they're a better side without Cameron Smith. I know it hasn't been said too many times, but... I just want to see this uh, Harry Grant, right? Harry Grant, if he gets 15, 18 games under his belt without injury, what sort of play could this bloke be? Because I think Mavo pointed out during the game, we had, we they, we put a kick through, it might have been um, Katie Walker, and he come from the clouds to tap it dead. Mm. Mavo goes, where did he come from? He had no right to be there. He had no yeah. right to be there. Yeah. And can you imagine you just said that, like Cameron Smith, who we're talking about as a future immortal, <laughs> one of the greatest players to ever pull on a jersey, and you just oh. said that they're better, could be even better without him. So that's how embarrassingly uh, what about, they are. What about some of his dummy half play where he, he scoops the ball up, steps left, and then passes it back down the right? Like, you know, that's a special talent. I mean, I know a lot of the hookers are doing it, but he's only been with this Melbourne side for probably... You know, I know he's trained with them, but he's mm. only played five games with them. Mm. Not only that, have a look who leads the kick chase, right? Have a look who leads all the line speed. He's standing on the on the sprint blocks, ready to go yeah. every single tackle. Tackles one, two, and three. They just target you. Mm. And boys, uh, it'd be remiss of us to not to mention the uh, the record breaking try scoring feats of the Fox. I know we were in the in, in the press box, and we'll talk about that a bit later on. But they they were scratching for the record books, all the all the journos there, and mm. and they were saying that no Melbourne Storm player has ever scored five tries. And all of a sudden, he, he bang, he bang and scores six, and and then they start scratching and looking around, and it was what 1950 or something, boys, a bloke from Newtown. And it's only fitting, he's a South Junior. Yeah, and I know, I know how he feels. Oh, he he double felt what I'm feeling. I've scored three, he scored six. So yep. I know half of what he's feeling. Yeah, well, I know a third of it, <laughs> of what he feels, you know. But and I actually shot a bit of footage there for our socials, and I did put out a TikTok of. The Fox, with a bit of music to it, and that went viral. So, actually, our TikToks just surged past 5,000 followers, which is great. If you're not following us, please jump on there as well. But that's we feel like that's quite valuable for us to get us out there in the community. It's had over 1.5 million total views. So, it's not insignificant. And it's just a way of people connecting with the Rabbitohs community, connecting with the club, and connecting with us here at Rabbitohs Radio Podcast. Boys, a mate of mine scored six tries on debut. I think it was in a Jersey flag side. Brownie, you might have been around then. I think it was around 2003. Damon Alatovia. Yeah, I certainly was. I was actually the coach uh, of that team. And, yeah, six tries on debut. 
Leichhardt Oval, I believe. He scored them tries. He was only 18 at the time, and, and they fast-tracked him, had him in the first-grade squad a couple of weeks later. Yeah, he was a really good jumper of the ball as well. He's quite tall and played on the wing. I think he scored a couple of the tries from high, high kicks. And Yeah, no, good player, Damo. Oh, he is. And Sato even said in, when they were juniors, he, had, he was better than him. So he had a lot of talent. But I actually scored 10 tries for the Botany Rams a few times. I don't know if that counts at all, but anyway. There was a rule there where they... You had to stop scoring, didn't you? Not, not when that I was... That was high school footy, wasn't it? In, in, in some selected games. But no, they were just happy for me to just keep getting the ball and running around. <laughs> <laughs> um, and yeah, so in the press box, chaps, and I was going to mention that, the, another stat they pulled out is that Bellyacre's got the wood on Bennett and he hasn't defeated him in a game since back at the Broncos maybe a decade ago. So it was an interesting night in there. We It was a bit dreary outside, so we decided to watch it in there, which we haven't done before. And... In the press box, you can't be cheering and that. And actually, luckily enough, we had nothing really to cheer about on the night, so we, we kept it fairly quiet. But it was an interesting dynamic, chaps. Guys in there like Brent Reed, Nick Walshaw, Christian Nicolucci, and just listening to their banter between each other, and then chaps chiming in at different stages. It was it was a good, it was a highlight of the night for us. So they were working, and you guys were eating. <laughs> well, it was a free feed in there. Now, we didn't plan on this, but maybe I took a doggy bag. Um, <laughs> now, I won't be surprised if there's a sign-up in the press box next week. No doggy bags, guys. Just... Yeah, well, look, we're NRL accredited now, and the press box is catered, and they, there's wraps and pies, and there's ice creams in the fridge. I had a look in the fridge. There was two ice creams left, so me and chaps uh, <laughs> ate them, and then the poor, poor bloke that went and opened the fridge next, he just shut the fridge again. There was no ice creams left. But... Oh, I'd be too embarrassed. Mm. But, no, it was interesting. Anyway. And, and we belong in there, and we were working, and... It's good food, yeah. Taking notes on the game. It's got a lot of atmosphere in there because you, you no. really get the sound blocked out, but um, mm. but it was still a good vantage point. No, we're right in the halfway line. Yeah. You charge your phone there, all the PowerPoints, a lot of the uh, a lot of laptops are up and the boys are writing articles. And right at the end there when um, guys are trying to finish off their article and, and look like they were going to go, Fox is going in for seven. And Katie Walker dived on the ball and they cheered, you know. So they didn't want to go back and change from six to seven. Okay. Mm. They'd yeah. already had their headline written out, six yeah. and out and all this sort of stuff. And They're working on their articles and stories as the game plays. Yeah, they are. And it was interesting because we were sort of the outsiders and they've got their gang and they chat between each other. And then at one stage they started talking about who's going to play back row for the Blues. And we threw in Keon Kalamatungi like I predicted earlier in, in the year on the show. And then no one said anything. And then a bit later, one of them said, oh, what about... Keon Kalamatungi and they went oh yeah 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 it's like we hadn't even said it <laughs> and you, then, were, you were blocked out we, were like, we weren't involved but you know we were, well he's got to be he's got to be a chance oh, I think so you know, yeah, like, like you know, if, Madison yeah. from Parramatta would have to come in the calculations maybe Liam Martin mm. up there at the foot of the mountains got mentioned mm. Frizzell's probably not in great form but I mean he's an uh, incumbent he might still get a run yeah and then later on when the five try discussion came up and it wouldn't look out of place anyway put it that way no uh, and that, now he'll be at least maybe in the emerging blue squad called into that. I, I could see him doing that. But yeah, so when the five-try discussion came up and then at one stage Chaps rolled out the stat that, oh, Alex Johnson's done it twice. This is the games he did it in. And then he said, and also Nathan Merritt's done it on a Monday night here. And It's Parramatta, yeah. No, no one in that room had that stat except for our man Chaps from Rabbitohs Radio. And I don't know if anyone wrote that down, but he offered that little bit of information. And so, yeah, it's an interesting little dynamic in there. And as we get to know these guys a bit more, we may be able to converse with them and feel included in that little <laughs> little click they've got going. If, if we want. Yep. <laughs> no doggy bags allowed. No. <laughs> no. Okay, let's go to our first break here on Rabbitohs Radio Podcast. Just because you're down, it doesn't mean you're out. 
Rabbitohs Radio listeners. We've got Boom rookie halfback, South Junior, former Maddo Tiger, Rabbitoh player number 1168, Dean Hawkins. Welcome to Rabbitohs Radio, mate. Yeah, thanks. It's uh, good to be No worries, mate. Now, um, how would you pull up from um, Thursday night, mate? It was a bit of a mixed night for yourself because you, you played pretty well, mate, but it was a, as a team, it was a pretty tough loss. Yeah, it was sort of a bit of sweet first full start, which I was very proud of. Um, but uh, in the end, if you have a lot of errors against the Storm, uh, they'll make you pay for it, and that's, that's what they did. So it was a good learning experience anyway. But, yeah, uh, hopefully I get another crack next week and uh, show what I can do. Yeah, well, I mean, 20 minutes in, it was only 4-0. You were in your arm wrestle, and uh, your kicking game kind of the four there, a bit of a repeat set there and, and a couple of nice kicks made, and, and you dug in deep yeah. to the line, and, and obviously the Storm, no one can find out a halfback one-on-one like the Storm, but, but you you were up to the task, mate. Yeah, yeah, I, I felt pretty comfortable defensively with big Kafusi running at me. <laughs> yeah, and, you know, I thought I did my job that first 20 minutes, just really digging in trying to create space for Benji and Cody. And what I'm lucky in that, I think it was the first 10 minutes, uh, Cody, they called that forward pass. Could have been a different game if uh, that was a try. But yeah, but, you know, if we uh, complete it, what, 60% as we did, uh, that'll make us pay, which is what happened. It makes it pretty hard um, when you're completing that low. But, um, mate, at the end of the day, um, it, was, it wasn't it wasn't a b- bad thing for yourself, mate, to get out there and have a crack, and uh, you'll learn from that, definitely, mate. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, also just grateful for the opportunity as well. Um, yeah, hopefully get another one. And um, have you ever played against a side with line speed like that? I think it was the back, the last 20 minutes of the first half, first 20 minutes of the second half, they were just almost coming off the, the sprint blocks there, mate. Yeah, that's what, that's what it felt like, sort of um, as soon as you get the baller in your face, um, but that's something you've got to adapt to, I think. In reserve grade, you don't, you, you don't really get that. But yeah, especially against the Storm. I pride themselves on that sort of stuff. Yeah. Now, we might go back to um, a question we ask on the show um, every week to all our guests, mate. And uh, where are you from and what was it like growing up there? So, I'm a proud Matcherville boy. Yeah, I grew up in Matcherville, played for Matcherville Tigers. Yeah, I grew up with a younger brother. So, we all just uh, footy heads. Uh, grew up with the footy. Uh, I think I played the first game when I was three or something for the Maddo Tigers and just loved it ever since. Me, my earliest memory is just me and my brother uh, bashing each other in the backyard or whatever, <laughs> even, though <he's, laughs> even though he's four years younger than me. Yeah, but uh, yeah, I just, just love the game. That's, that's all I ever think about. So today is Mother's Day, mate. What does your mum mean to you? Uh, mum's the best. I, you know, it's a bit of a cliche, but I, I wouldn't be where I am without her and her support, her and dad as well, you know, driving me and to all the games and all the sort of school school reps and all that sort of stuff. Like, I, I remember, you know, them having to drive me out to Wagga and Forbes and all that, and being in two degrees, you know, I, I wouldn't be where I am without them. Yeah, especially mum, you know, she's always got my back and always supported me. You know, even though if they have a, have a shit game, she'd always be there saying, nah, you know, you're the best on the field. Yeah, that's yeah, it. They, <laughs> yeah, they love, you. they love you no matter what, mate. No matter what, they yeah, love you. And your yeah, dad too. Yeah, your, exactly. Your dad, Ash, he's a big supporter of you, 42. We yeah. see him at the games all the yeah. time. And he could play a bit too. He's a good Oztag player. Yeah, well, that's what he tells me. 
And he's also a Rooster supporter, but we won't hold that against him. Yeah, yeah, he tried. Yeah, he's a, he's a dirty chook supporter. But, uh, <laughs> I, th- I, think, I think when I put the jersey on, he, uh, he, he has a soft heart for South. And what about yourself growing up, mate? Was you a bunny supporter? Well, the thing is, Dad actually, he actually uh, convinced me to be a rooster when I was a very young boy. <laughs> but then I sort of... Um, then mum got in my ear and I, I put that uh, jersey on for junior bunnies and that and ever since I put that first jersey on I've been to South Boy ever since nice uh, so dad, yeah. dad tried to get you to the dark side he did he tried then... to get me to the dark side <laughs> when I was younger yeah <laughs> but yeah but when I put that jersey on South Boy now and mate you said you you, you grew up loving the game and, and obviously you still do did you have a hero when you were growing up or an idol that you looked up to and say I want to be like him yeah, I had, a, I had a couple. I think the earliest one was Brad Fittler because uh, I was early Chook supporter. But then as I started to grow up, it was I sort of watched like, especially Renault and Cooper Cronk because I just loved kicking the ball as well, kicking goals, you know, just kicking in general play. So um, that was sort of my two that I really looked up to. Yeah, Renault and Cooper Cronk. You're pretty lucky as a young halfback to be working with one of the greatest halfbacks of all time with Renault and now also Benji. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Sort of, it's very surreal still. You sort of, you don't, you don't want to take it for granted, that sort of stuff. Like, uh, I had my first training session when I was probably 17 or 18 in first grade. And you're just so in awe of like, like one of my idols in Renault. And like now I get to spend nearly every day with him and, and learn from him. It's pretty special. So we'll just take you back to this. You played for the Matraville Tigers, the mighty Matraville Tigers. Yeah. We've got a couple of mates of the show, Adam Madison and, and Wilksy. They're, they're helping out with the A grade. Yeah. Yeah, and so you played in a bit of a hot side there. Was there a couple of players you could mention in that team? Yeah, um, we had a good run, I think, from probably 9s to 15s or whatever. I think we won like 7 in a, seven comps in a row or something. Yeah, Ty- Tyrone Takama, he was, uh, I don't know if you guys remember him. Yeah, big, big, big winger, yeah. Yeah, yeah, he was, he, he, back in the day, he was just absolutely unstoppable. You know, you sort of give the ball to him if you, want, if you wanted to try, then he just run, run straight through him. What happened to him? Um, did he, get, he went to rug, rugby, did he? Yeah, he, he was with South originally. Yeah. And then, I, I'm not sure, really sure what happened, but then he had a spin at Manly. Um, I think he's playing rugby now. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. And um, remember, you know, Marwini Hiroti plays for the Sharks now. He, he um, yeah, played Marwini. a year or two with us as yeah. well. Yeah, yeah he, he was, too. He was good. He's having a good year, actually. Uh, yeah, he is. Jake Camboss, he was, he's one of my best mates now. He's, um, he, I think he's going to represent Greek in the, the World Cup this year, actually. Okay. Uh, yeah, a couple of boys. But, um, yeah, we all got... Being, grew up being good mates and so we sort of came through that those grades so it made it so much better well what what about your schooling mate where, where did you go to school Morris College Pagewood just near East Gardens there yeah that, that, those were those were good years you come um, through uh, playing footy uh, for Pagewood up against uh, the great Marcelin College yeah the great Marcelin College they they always seem to have our measure um, but, but they had they had a great team with like Campbell Graham and they had like um, 
you know, like Nat Butcher and all, all them, all them, Rocky Lamb. Yeah, chaps are sitting here smiling hearing you say that because he's a, he's a masterly boy. So. Uh, I played, played in a couple of those robberies, but yeah, all good. Um, mate, you obviously, we'll go back to that Matto Tigers side. You sounds like you're um, a pretty dominant, seven premierships, and you sort of went through the junior reps, mate. Uh, memories of those junior reps and some of the coaches that helped you along the way? Yeah, um, so my first memory uh, would have been 13, 14th year bunnies, and that the main coach through, like, through those years was Jace Peterson Tank. He was sort of he was, he was a very good coach to me because he coached us at Mano as well. Then he ended up coaching us in Harold Matt, and I, le- I learned a lot from him. Um, I think I seen him at South Point Chinese Restaurant last night. But anyway, carry on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he lives at Laughter. Um, yeah, he's yeah he, he was a he was a great sort of mentor for me. Yeah, I, I learned sort of all my general skills from him. Yeah, he he was one of those blokes. It's uh, you know, I ever needed a hand, or if I wanted to do extras, he just put his hand up um, and come help me out. So he he was uh, really good. Yeah, mate. Um, as you were coming through, I was keeping an eye on you, and you were, you were a pretty pretty clever little halfback, built off the back of a strong defence and good kicking game, mate. Yeah, your first real opportunity in first grade came in Sato's testimonial, two thousand nineteen. Um, yep. I get your memories of that night because I remember it was it was heaviest rain. It was like a like a yeah, white squall yeah. out there. But um, you yeah. certainly played. Uh, Fantastic until you had a bit of a setback with your ankle injury, mate. Memories of that night? That was, yeah, really memorable, especially for Sato. Um, another sort of hero you look up to in the if you go to South. And to be able to play, that was sort of like my first test and I got to play alongside Sonny Burgess and, um, you know, Cody and, you know, all, all those sort of players. And um, I, I just I just remember go, going out onto the field and just keeping it really simple, because um, it was wet as well, I just wanted to get my kicks right. You know, have a have a have a run, and just make make sure my passes are on the chest. Like, just keep it just keep it really simple, especially in the wet weather. And I, I ended up having yeah, a pretty um, pretty good game until I hurt my ankle. So it was, so, it was sort of yeah, again, bittersweet because I thought that would that would have been yeah my, my chance to show everyone, but then I had my ankle injury, and that that year I had a couple injuries as well, which sort of set me back the uh, the way it is. What's it like, a setback like that? Because, I mean, everyone walked away from that game going, wow, Hawkins, he's, he's certainly got something. You poke your nose through the line a couple of times without any support yeah, there. Yeah. And you're up against... Penrith put their fair nickum side out. I think Kickow was playing, and they just about yeah. had their entire squad out. I think we re- might have rested a couple, but Penrith, it was like playing their fair nickum side, wasn't it? Yeah, their first grade, yeah. I was actually lucky. I think Kickow got injured in the first five, ten minutes, and uh, I was opposing <laughs> him. So I was like, how good is this? Um yeah, no, but it, it, it was uh, it was a very good test. Yeah. So we'll fast forward to the night you became Rabbitoh number eleven sixty eight off the bench. What are your memories of that? It was a, probably the longest day I've ever had. Um, <laughs> you sort, yeah, you sort of don't really sleep, have a good sleep because you're up at night thinking about it, and then during the day, you know, you, uh, you try you try to keep your mind off it, but obviously can't stop thinking about it but yeah it's a very obviously very surreal moment and a dream come true Wayne Wayne sort of just said to me during the week and before the game look depending on how the game's going I don't know how many minutes you're going to get but just be ready be ready for anything so I sort of just got myself ready especially on the bench just be ready to go on for whatever during the week I trained both left and right 
and it's a jumping up hooker as well. So I was, I was prepared to whatever position he wanted to put me in. And then, yeah, I was like, 15 minutes was, yeah, it was perfect. I just wanted to come on with as much energy as possible and uh, try to make a little stamp in the game. Yeah. You had a big cheer squad there to cheer you on? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that was all my mates from uh, growing up and that. Uh, yeah, they were, they, were, they were awesome. I could actually hear them in it when I was on the field as well. That's how loud they were. How many tickets were given out to the boys and, and family and friends that night? Uh, um, I think I, I think I had about 50, 50 or 60. Yeah, it was pretty good. Mate, mate, just going back to the game, you said you, you wanted to bring some energy onto the field and we, and we were there that night and we, we all thought you did that. Uh, you played with yeah. a lot of confidence and you even had the confidence to go for a 40-20, uh, which nearly yeah. come off. And uh, yeah. Reno let you take control of the team for a little bit there, didn't he? Yeah, yeah. Sort of um, then Benji jumped in the hooker as well. And that, that was sort of good. That was just sort of like, you know, you, you like, sort of take control and, you know, have a run, uh, have a kick. Like, that, that was good because we're up on the scoreboard. So yeah. that, that, was, that was very, very, very good in sort of saying, look, this is your, your moment now. You. Mm. Have a crack here. Then Benji was sort of just like, yeah, just um, he, it, Benji was really good. He was just sort of like, just, uh, you know, you you do something here. And I, I sort of went for the forty twenty, and I think if I hit it a bit sweeter, it might have come off. Um, mm. But I just then I just tried to rush up there and put a shot on the Sarko. Yeah, um, yeah, no, it was good. No, it was good. Good debut, mate. Yeah, it was a bit of a dream yeah, debut. Bit of a dream debut, really. And then you know the images of your mates on the sideline cheering. Yeah, it was it was great to see and we shared it on our socials but tell us what happened yeah. after that you, you ended up <laughs> cutting your leg yeah so what happened was I think the, the media sort of put out that I tried to crowd surf or, or something but what actually happened I didn't actually make I cut my leg before I even made the fence so they have this plastic um, stuff I think it covers the cords around the around the field and I sort of went to run on it and I slipped before the fence I even got to the fence and I cut, cut my leg open and uh, needed 20 stitches in my knee. Which was, uh, oh, wow. Yeah, which is bloody, bloody crazy. And the thing, the funny thing was because of all the adrenaline and I was on such a high, I, di- I didn't feel it at all until I got back in the sheds and everyone was sort of like, mate, that's the deepest cut I've ever seen. <laughs> so and, and so pro- we, can blame yeah. the, we can blame the stadium and not your mates. <laughs> yeah, that's it. That's yeah. it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they tried to blame the boys, didn't they? But anyway, I reckon you might be the first bloke to make his first grade debut, get through the game, then get injured between the field of play yeah. and the dressing room. <laughs> <laughs> I reckon. Oh, yeah. Wayne, Wayne, Wayne said in his uh, 70 years of football, he's never seen anything like that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, I spoke, and, I, and I spoke to your dad, and he said he sort of had a bit of a go at you. He was a bit disappointed. I said, mate, he's just made his debut for the Bunnies. Give it to the break. Yeah. <laughs> I think he had a few too many beers. Yeah. When, he, when he, yeah, when he came in the sheds, he was like, "Oh, you're gone now. You stuffed it." Yeah. And I was like, "Mate, I'm just, I'm just playing man, and I want to do. Leave me alone." Yeah. <laughs> now you mentioned yeah. Wayne. Then, um, how is your relationship with Wayne, uh, the, the master coach, one of the, well, he's the greatest coach of all time. If you want to go by the records, mate. Yeah, yeah, he, he is. He's, uh, he's very, what I like about him. He's very honest. Like he'll tell you how it is. He was like before the game. He'll tell me what I need to do, what my role is, what he expects of me. And that, that's sort of what I get from him. He's very honest with the way, way he goes about things. Um, but then the other side of him, he, he can have a laugh as well, which is uh, 
which is really good. Yeah, no, definitely, mate. Uh, we love him here on uh, Rabbitohs Radio Podcast. And, mate, you've made another debut, and it's your starting debut. Uh, yeah. how, how was that week? And, and when did you know that you were going to play? So it was a Sunday night. Uh, Benny Hornby, the assistant coach, rang me up and he just said, come in early on Monday for the meeting. Um, Wayne's thinking about picking you so I was like, yeah, sweet. And then I sort of got in there and I went through all the meetings. I think they were still deciding on which way to go. And then they ended up going with me. We had training Monday and Wednesday. And to be honest, we trained really well. And I was pretty proud of what we did on those training sessions because I sort of I felt I felt like I fitted in quite well. Wayne sort of said to me, like, look, you, you've trained really well here. You sort of just, you just do your role. Um, you don't need to beat anyone else. You can... You just be yourself out there, uh, fit into the team, do your role, get your kicks right, get your defence right, um, and everything else will fall into place. So I was really confident going to the game. Yeah, and just unfortunately, things happened and didn't get the result. Uh, mate, well, obviously this week we're playing the Sharks up there at Suncorp Stadium, Magic Round. Uh, what's the preparations leading into this game? We got the week, we had the weekend off, just sort of recover our own recovery get our minds right and then we'll have training Monday, Wednesday I think we fly up on Thursday but yeah we'll probably go over the, what we need to go over uh, tomorrow and then sort of just flush it out of our system get rid of that um, and get get on to uh, first in the Sharkies which we'll, we'll do our preview and stuff probably Wednesday then I think we fly up Thursday and get ready to rip into them Well it's a bit of a contrast you've it's been rolled by the Storm Juggernaut. Now you go up to face a side that got beat 48 blot. We're both coming off big losses, so they'll be wanting to get one back as much as us. Yep. Um, so, you know, we've got, to, we've got to be ready for it. And mate, just on the game the other night, even though we got 50 put on us, you had 13 runs for 86 metres and made 22 tackles. And when we spoke to Wayne Bennett in the press conference, he said that, you know, he thought you held your own in a beaten side. Yeah, yeah. As, as I said, start it was. It was I, I thought my first thought was, yeah, like I, I really did sort of hold my own. Like I was happy with my defence, but yeah, it's just sort of as a halfback, you have to take ownership of, of that sort of stuff as well. Even though it's my second game, um, sort of take ownership of you know a fifty point sort of loss, and yeah, sort of I look to improve on that, especially second half. I, I thought. I could try to inject myself into the game a bit more, even though we're sort of on the back foot. I think, I think that's what the great halves do. They, when they're on the back foot, that's when they inject themselves and try to change the game. Uh, I think that's something I could uh, definitely improve on. But yet again, my first uh, twenty minutes, uh, I was pretty happy with. But it's an eighty-minute performance we need to put together. Definitely, mate. And we all we all said the same thing, mate. We thought you went really well for your debut, and you know you're squaring squaring the players up for. For the likes of Benji and Cody out the back, and there was one one uh, tackle there where you you got hit late off Kafusi, and uh, yeah. I think that that was the pass that led to the try as well. Yeah, the forward pass. Yeah, one. forward pass. Um, yeah, and it, yeah, I got. Yeah, yeah, I knew if I because we trained for that in the week. I knew if I dug right in, Kafusi would take himself out of me. Then Hughes would have to commit to Keon on on the on the lead runner which would leave it three on two at the back which sort of what happened but we just mm. couldn't uh, execute it at the end but yeah he, he got me he got me good 
right under the rib. Yeah. Uh, yeah. A little rib tickler. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's, so let's, it's a game to forget. Let's move on to next week. But we'll just move on and yeah. with what do you like doing outside of footy? Uh, outside of footy, I, I got a good group of mates as you probably, uh, probably saw from my debut. So I do spend a lot of time with them, whether that's just having a hit of golf or going to the pub for a few beers uh, on the weekend um, and watching the footy, you know. Yeah, but let's keep it pretty simple. I, I live out of home now, so me and my mate were the first ones to do that. So a, lo- a lot of the boys come up, come over to mine and we just sort of hang out together and that. Not now because of the bubble, but, you know, all that. Yeah. And you follow us on our Instagram, so thanks for that, mate. And if, yeah. if any of your teammates are listening to this, please give us a follow as well. <laughs> yeah. And we'll share. Well, they don't follow. <laughs> no, well, not all of them, but so we're trying to get the, get you all get them all on board. But no, they do support us pretty well. Yeah. We've had a lot of your team, yeah, yeah. lot of your teammates on the show. So, and what about any plans for after footy, mate? Is it too early in your career to start thinking about that? I don't think it's too. I think you're always going to be thinking about that especially that sort of plan D, because you never, you never know what could happen. At the moment, um, I sort of just doing little courses just to, you know, just to tick off some things, but I really don't know what uh, I want to do. So at the moment, I'm just sort of doing a set three and four fitness course just to get another qualification up in case anything does happen. But at the moment, it's just really not going down to my footy and, yeah, just trying to be the best I can. If you are looking for a job, mate, out at the waterfront, you come and see me. I'll look, I'll look after yeah. me, Matto, yeah. fellow Matto resident, mate. We'll look after you out there. No worries, yeah. mate. We'll, we'll put you through your paces and uh, you can get out there with half the other, <laughs> half the other NRL players who played out there. Like yeah. the blokes sitting next to me, mate. Now, uh, thank you for joining us on Mother's Day on Rabbitohs Radio Podcast. Oh, good. Thanks, guys. Thanks for having me. Yeah, it was a good little chat there with um, young Dean, still in his early 20s, starting to get his opportunity after a few setbacks, Brownie. Yeah, uh, local junior. From the Maddo Tigers Club and just loves his footy. Has done from a young age and uh, was a rooster early on. But his mum turned him on the good side. Yeah, great young bloke. And his dad, Ash, is a terrific guy too. So a great family, local family, local junior. And he's got a big future, boys. He's got some football in him, young Hawko. So you'll be seeing more from him in the future, in yeah. the red and green. Yeah, yeah, I like what I've seen. Last Thursday night, I thought he was okay. Well, it's tough for a young halfback playing in a side with a, a well-beaten pack. We, we were sort of beaten to the punch. Um, that line speed for Melbourne really troubled us, and he spoke about that. He said, look, the, the step up from reserve grade, you don't get line speed like that, and um, he got a little taste of it. And As I said in the intro, mate, he'll learn from that. Yeah, the couple of opportunities that we did have, he, he really looked good, and like we spoke about, he dug right into the line. He wasn't afraid got up after being hit and a great little kicking game as well and he's got a good manager as well Tyron Smith it was unfortunate that he just ran into the storm freight train on the night (laughs) and yeah it's and hopefully like he said if he gets another start this week against the Sharks he might be able to see a bit more what he can do well even um, if you want to listen to Craig Bellamy's press conference I know we mentioned Wayne's one but he, he said his team was outstanding. He couldn't appraise them enough. He said it's our first proper 80-minute performance. And uh, coming up against a team like Melbourne, as well drudel as they are, um, mate, I, I mean, Penrith might have struggled against them, to be honest. Boys.
this is Rabbitohs News, brought to you by the Juniors Group of Clubs. You've got the Juniors Kingsford, the Juniors Maroubra, the Juniors Malabar, where we'll be on Saturday, but also Juniors on the Hawkesbury. Fabulous little spot up there for a getaway for the weekend. So the city sides and the country sides were announced this week, and in the city 18s, our boy Davey Mowali was selected. And in the 16s, young Ethan Roberts got a start. Now he's related to Paul Roberts, former Rabbitoh, and the son of... Andrew Pom Roberts. And he's a good good mate of ours and a good mate of the show, and he's a, he's a big listener. And he's a fantastic young talent. Ethan, I, I've tried to tip a few of our uh, recruitment guys off to him, but he's, he's locked up there at the at the Bondi Club at the moment. We won't. They will remain nameless, this Bondi Club. <laughs> but um, we wish him all the best, mate. He's a great young talent, and I can see him wearing the red and green and used to come, Pom. We'll get him, mate. I'll get him over. Get Paulie Cuz Roberts to get in his ear and get him over, but... And also from the Rabbitohs women's team, Ellie Johnson made the country women's team and Shirley Maylangi made the city women's team. So congratulations to those ladies. All right, boys, we might roll into Spotlight on the Pathways, brought to you by What If It's Aussie for Travel. Now, boys, I was a little late to the Jersey Fleet game, but um, sounds like it was a pretty gutsy, gutsy win there, boys. 30 points to 14 over Manly. Well, we had a great day out there at the triple header at Ironmark High Performance Centre. And yes, the flag was really interesting. I was on the field for most of the time, but you boys got to see a bit more of the action. Yeah, I did. Uh, like you said, chaps, it was was a gutsy win, tough win. They had uh, nine players who were all called up from the SG Ball squad that actually played uh, yesterday. And we're recording here on Sunday. They played yesterday. Um, due to the fact of all the injuries and it just filters through the whole club. And they never looked out of place, Brownie. They didn't, no. And I think we scored six tries and five of them were scored by the SG Ball kids. And one of those was by gun winger Evan Manning, who we spoke to after the game. Unfortunately, he got a head knock and failed his HIA in his jersey flag debut. But what a great young kid he is. And his dad, Shane, they loved... His dad, Shane, was right into the game. He was cheering and jumping up and down and he's... He loves the bunnies. And a bit of breaking news on Ev. He signed a two-year deal with the Rabbitohs. He'll remain in that pathway system for another couple of years. And, mate, he, he's, he's built like a bit of a bit of a Matt Utah back in the day. Exactly. Really low to the ground, extremely powerful. But mm. I'll tell you what, he's quicker than he's quicker than Matt Utah. Yeah, no, he had a really good game before he came off with the HIA. I think he got to um, relax for the next 10 days. But they're fortunate enough they got the bye next week. So, um, But, yeah, like we said, a tough win. They had no replacements left after... Or with 20 minutes to go. So they, to go, yep. Yeah, they played with uh, the 13 that were on the field. And I think in that period, they also got one centre of the Simbin as well. So they had 12 men for 10 minutes in that 20-minute period where they had no no replacement. So a great win. Yeah, and thanks to Lex from the Rabbitohs for giving me a wristband to get me on the field to take some photos with our new camera. And I'm going to share a lot of those on our episode webpage, but I got right up and close to the action behind the goalpost and shot a couple of TikToks and a few videos and took some images. But Some amazing photos and videos. Well done, Mavo. Thank you. And there's some feeling in that game. Young Davey Mawali didn't shirk it either. Oh. They wanted him and a few of their forwards were arcing up and there was a few scuffles, but our boys took it right on and gave it to them. So yeah. it, was good. it was good to be up close and hearing that little bit of banter. Davey Mawali was outstanding, boys. Um, I thought he was the pick of the bunch, and um, he's really settling into that level after playing the SG ball season. I know he's been training with the first-grade side. A couple other players I want to give mention to, Ben Lovett and Darcy Hubman. I thought they were outstanding in defence, 
And a great debut from uh, the hooker, Romano Cook. Chaps, you've got big raps on him. Yeah, he's um, got a bit of foot speed out of dummy half. He's got the show and go. And he just really controls the ruck, doesn't he, Brian? Yeah, no, he was really good out of dummy half and um, really got the forwards going and re- really good day for him. And after the game, you just mentioned Ben Lovett. His dad, John, come up to me and said, would you mind taking a photo of my son with his headgear on? And I said, no worries at all. And took a nice photo and we'll share that on the episode webpage. But so, yeah, I'm a bit of an action photographer at the games now. If you're out of the game, want me to take your photo, let me know. And we'll be featuring many more of these young kids and women in our Pathway Systems on the show uh, later in the year. For sure, mate. Yeah, maybe it does get up close and personal. We had to clean the lens a couple of times, a bit of spit and sweat and a bit of blood come on the lens. But well done there, maybe Real real action shots, bud. Now, we might move on to that. We might move on to that next game, boys, which I was lucky enough to get down to, the Knock-On Effect Cup. And our boys um, got out to a pretty good lead early and dominated the contest. And obviously... Majority of the players were obviously first-timers. They're making their debuts in that level because our whole top 30 was unavailable due to the COVID non-end restrictions. They've sort of gone in that bubble. So it was a good opportunity for a lot of players. And I, I thought we uh, I thought we had a stranglehold on that game, but we just fell away at the end there. Yeah, boys. so the likes mm. of Troy Dargan, Lachlan Elias, they were unavailable because they've been kept in the bubble. Uh, David Mowali was in the bubble, but they released him out. Uh, they probably haven't got plans for him uh, to play at the top level just yet. But, yeah, chaps, look, a number of good performers. Uh, the Blacktown workers run away with it in the end. Or when I say run away with it, it was 30 to 18. It was, was in the balance there with about five minutes to go. So another hooker that you've got um, your eye on, chaps, who, who was a good performer. Yeah, the Fijian-born hooker, Joe Love a doer, mate. He was a standout. Again, very similar to, to Romano Cook. Uh, really dominant. He's a big unit, actually. He's got some big shoulders. Now, he was in the top 30 squad at St. George Illawarra Dragons at the start of the year, and we're lucky to pinch him, to be honest, mm. because a couple of weeks later, they lost Cam McGuinness, and, and I reckon they would have rude that decision to release him, mate. Mm. They're looking to free up uh, a spot on the roster for whoever they had in mind, but mate, I can tell you now, I've spoken to Joe O'Callaghan, and he's stoked that we got him in the squad and he'll come into calculations come state of origin time because young Josh Cook's had a shoulder surgery and he looks to be out for around six weeks boys oh, that's no good mm. yeah. and a couple of other debuts Shaq Mitchell big Shaq I thought he I thought he went well uh, the little bit of game time he had he got held up over the line nearly scored a try he's looking fit yeah. mm-hmm. he's yeah. got a lot of leg drive once they got to the line they couldn't hold him there at, at stages but he'll, he'll, he'll be better for the run again he's, he's a big big unit too hard to handle he's got a bit of skill about him too Got a couple of good photos of him too. You can have a look at those on the webpage if you want to check out our boy Shaq coming off the bench. But one of the real good stories was was a, was a bloke who was a bit of a schoolboy star back in the day, but sort of dropped off, hasn't played for a while. Now he's in our South marketing team. He's been training all off-season, sort of been in and amongst that squad, never played um, as yet, but he got to make his debut. He only got seven and a half minutes off the bench at the end. Um, Telly... Tactico, so I might, might might stuff this one up. Sorry, Telly, but uh, Tactico, Tacticos, mate. Yeah, so Telly, get, Telly Tacticos, and get Telly on Tactico on our TikTok. He's a bit yeah. of a unit. Apparently, he's, he's made for it. He, he shed a few kilos there to to get himself ready for this, and I'm hoping he gets another run. He didn't get a lot of opportunities at the back end. They went right when he was sort of set up on the left there, but yeah, good on you, Telly. Great story. Just in, in regards to that, chaps, I think he will get another opportunity because a lot of our injuries are at the top level. Uh, in first grade, they don't look like they'll be coming back for you know three to four weeks. I think Renault is probably the 
the closest one. Mm. I don't think he'll be back this week, but I think they'll give him another week off. And uh, then after that, they start to dwindle back in terms of Renault. Latrell Mitchell is back for the Penrith game. Uh, Campbell Graham, he had surgery. So, yeah, so we'll start to see a few of the boys come back after this week, I reckon. Hopefully Hostie's back too. I mean, he was sort of a late withdrawal. Mm. Picked up a bit of an injury in the uh, captain's run. Yeah. Mm. And the girls, they were defeated by the Central Coast Roosters and we spoke to Katie Brown and she sort of apologised for their performance. And I said, look, you're out there having a go. They're in, you're a new side, you're building and... Played a top side. They're undefeated, that other mob. Mm. And they've got um, a lot of full-time professional players in their side. Yeah, You can't fault their effort, let, let me tell you. If you were out there yesterday, they were out there having a go, some great tackles, some big hits. Uh, their defence was really good at times. Yeah, so good luck to Dean Wedders and the girls for the rest of the year. And we also spoke to Sam Rapper, Brownie. We actually got on the field at halftime, the three of us. Thank you to Bronte from the Rabbitohs for interviewing us and giving us a chance to tell the crowd about the podcast. But they also spoke to Sam Rapa from Ironmark, who has made a big commitment to the Rabbitohs and to the Pathways. He loves the fact that they're helping the young players come through. So they're right behind it and Ironmark High Performance Centre. So we're happy to promote that because they are helping the Pathways. Like we said to Sam, we have got similar interests. We like to spotlight the Pathways. They're helping it. And we also spoke to Corey Brown, Brownie, and we won't forget that name, the famous jockey, same name, not the same guy, and he's from Goanna, and they do IT solutions, but they also help a lot of Indigenous kids out and train them for nothing and help them start careers in IT. Yeah, no, they're both great fellas, uh, putting a lot of time and uh, their financial commitment to the Rabbitohs, it's, uh, it's outstanding, and uh, we look forward to working with them closely throughout the year. We might chuff off to another break here on Rabbitohs Radio Podcast. Rabbitohs Radio is proudly brought to you by Export Freight Systems. We support Aussie manufacturers. If you're thinking of selling, contact NG Farrah Real Estate and tell them Rabbitohs Radio sent you. We are proudly supported by the Juniors Group of Clubs. Join the Juniors Fitness Centre today for just $19.95 direct debit. This is Remembering a Rabbitoh. Brought to you by Export Freight Systems, with thanks to Brad Ryder. Now, our man Ian McLucas started a Facebook group this week, Port Stephens Rabbitohs fans. And we're in that brownie, and yeah, that's another way of connecting with people up there. He's our global ambassador for the area, and that's where he's at, Lemon Tree Passage. And if you're an exporter out there listening to this and you're a Rabbitoh, please support Export Freight Systems. But yeah, some good stories already coming out of there, brownie. Yeah, definitely a great concept from Ian. Big supporter group up there of the Mighty Rabbitohs, and as we have everywhere, but especially up there at Port Stephens. Uh, he's doing some good things up there, and yeah, a lot of good stories. I, I read there one, there's a girl moving from the Central West up to Port Stephens, and you know, she got onto the Facebook page and asked a few questions. Where are the good pubs? She wants to join a punters club. Good areas to live up there, so... Just another way of connecting the Rabbitohs community. That'll be right up Ian's alley, eh? Yeah, it is. And I've had one holiday there with the missus, and I love the place. We got there, we go down to the marina, have a beer on the marina and, a, and a, some seafood, and the pub's just up the street. There's some great eateries. And there's a walk out on the wharf and the sun sets, and you've got Shoal Bay and, and a couple of great beaches there. And a couple oh, of good golf courses up there. Golf courses. So it's just a great spot for a getaway, for a week away, whatever, and... We went swimming. The water's beautiful, and we're out swimming, and 
Found out later that it's a breeding ground for the great white sharks up there, but <laughs> but uh, you'd have to be. Un- I think you'd have to be unlucky. It is too. That, that, Enough uh, said. That'll do me. Uh, St- <laughs> yeah, Stockton Beach. It's a yeah, it's a bit of a classic for the big the big man in the grey suit rolling up and down the beach there. But I think they catch them off the beach, and they hook their line up to the winch on their car and winch the great whites in. But anyway, that's another story for another day, boys. But most importantly, a lot of rabbitos up there. So there well done there. to Ian. There is indeed. Now before we get into Alpha Connor. Rabbitoh number 127. Brownie, last week we featured Bruce Longbottom and we talked about his world's worst conversion we shared on YouTube. And a friend of the show, Michael Gibson, pointed out, what about the one Brownie kicked that was on the fan? And uh, that was probably even worse. At least Bruce yeah. got it off the tee. Yeah, well, I, I struggled to uh, get it off. Well, it wasn't the tee back then. It was uh, yeah, I meant to sand. Say, off yeah. the ground, off the yeah. sand. Yeah. yeah, but I was playing with the Bulldogs at the time and... It was a midweek cup game, I think, uh, in one of the country towns. And uh, I was playing with Terry Lamb, who Mavo and I played with, and we got a penalty. And I'd just, I'd just been knocked on the head. So if the HIA was in, I might not have even been on the field. And I was a little bit dazed, and uh, we got a penalty, and Terry Lamb said, uh, you know, we're, we're going to have a shot of goal here. And I was a goal kicker. And I just thought nothing of it, and um, you know. Line, lined up the kick, a little bit dazed, and like I said, on the sand, you put it on the sand, you walk the toe banger, walk, walk back, uh, <laughs> moved in, and I've just tipped the top of the ball and it's just rolled off the mound. So I was smart enough, and the instinct kicked in that I picked the ball up and I nearly scored. So it was play on. It's a live ball, yeah. Yeah, so I, I reckon I planned that anyway. So, but yeah, uh, it wasn't the best. It featured on the fan. But I put it down to being very heavily concussed. He doesn't miss much Fossey, does he, eh? No, even no. you knew that straight away. <laughs> yeah. So let's just give a bit of background on Alf O'Connor. Up at the juniors, I mentioned it last week, we spoke to Paul O'Connor, Pock, and his mate Darren Lindsay introduced us, and he said, Paul's grandfather, Alf, is a bit of a Rabbitohs legend. So this week we're going to feature Pock's Pop. Okay, well, this, this is reserved for the great Pock. Maroon, where are you? Oh, I love that jersey, mate. So where did you get that from? Uh, South Shop, mate. Okay. Steve. Did you just buy it at shop.rabbitos.com.au? Correct. Online, and you've got it. And I love I've got it, mate. I love the, uh, that logo. Very well done. Thanks. Alf O'Connor, Rabbito player number 127. Born on the 5th of July, 1900. Long time ago, boys. Nickname, Itchy. Now, Itchy grew up in Surrey Hills. He was just a, another rat bag running the streets around there, getting up in a mischief. And um, anyway, he never played rugby league at the schoolboy level, but but jumped in to the mascot junior league once he turned about 18, 19. Play, played, played a few games for them, boys, not too many. They called it third grade back then. Mascot actually used to play in that grade. And anyway, back then... Before he ended up cracking into the Rabbitohs team, him and his mates used to get together and go down and try and watch all the games at the stadium over there at Moore Park. Match of the round, all the semi-finals. Anyway, they couldn't afford a ticket in each, but they used to chuck all their money in and they ended up buying a ladder. They used to put it up around the back of this fence and they could go up and one bloke would be up there commentating back to the other boys and it would go down the line as to what was happening, the score and whatnot and... Six nil, boys. We have got oh. the ball again, and oh, that's unreal. And they'd send it down. Sometimes they'd sneak in. They could go up along the ladder, run along this little this railing, and then jump over. 
for security was on to him a bit. And um, the boys used to um, get up there and every now and again sneak in. My great uncle fought there as well, Darby Brown. Yeah, okay, at the there Sydney, you go. Sydney Stadium. Oh, a lot of, lot of history there, yeah. Brownie, legend. Yeah. They used to do all the wrestling out there. But anyway. Hall of Famer. One of the big Les Darcy fights. Anyway, itchy's up the top of the ladder. By then, security used to throw um, full glass bottles at him to, to, to get him away. Anyway, one of them exploded right next to Itchy's head, knocked him off the ladder, fell down, he broke his ankle. Oh, no. <laughs> so, oh, they got up the mischief, this this gang. Oh, you can imagine what they used to get up to back then. But um, anyway, he must have impressed. He was um, one of the toughest um, players of that era. Yeah, so we got some of this info from a an article that Pox sent us from the Sporting Life in 1949. And there's a story about... Before he got to see us, he was reluctant to play for the Rabbitohs. He just wanted to play for Mascot. Mm. And so the story goes that in the, in the game, he said, I'm not going to try. He said, I don't want to go to see us. I'm not even going to try. And so they're just going to... He told drop. all his mates too. Yeah, he said, they're just going to drop me and I'm not going to play. I'm just going, I just want to play for Mascot. <laughs> so, so his mates come up with a plan and said, we're not having this. He's a great player. He should be at the Rabbitohs. So his own mates whacked him on the nose in the scrum. <laughs> and... So Itchy saw red and went berserk, carved them up straight to South, and the rest was history. And that's the only game of reserve grade he played. Every other game was first grade. Yep, that's it. He uh, never got dropped, and there's some stories of him. Uh, he loved it. He loved the stink, boys. <laughs> but he never argued with the referee. There's also um, a little article I read there where most players would resent the referee if they got sent off or for foul play. Not Itchy. He just got on with the job. Mm. They bred him tough in... Uh, Surrey Hills and Redfern, boys. Yeah, they do. So he had a few nicknames. He started off as Peachy and then became Itchy and also Punchy. Punchy. <laughs> <laughs> itchy, Punchy and Peachy. That rolls off the tongue, doesn't it? It does. Now, he made his debut, probably what you guys are talking about, uh, off the back of all that, made his debut for the mighty South Sydney Rabbitohs. Round one, 1922. Finished up playing 95 first-grade games, won three premierships. And, and he was a out-and-out star and, and made an immediate impact on that club. It was part of the golden era in the 20s where we were the pride of the league, where that all began. That's a great stat. 95, what was it, chaps? 95 games, yep. three premierships. That's mm. unbelievable. Mm. And in those early 20s when he debuted, you know, obviously North Sydney won it in 22, 23. They were the glamour side. You know, they had probably the greatest wing combination of all time. Cess Blinkhorn and Harold Horder. I just freaks. Like, Harold Horder... I think he scored 150 tries in 132 games. So he was going more than a try a game. Anyway, because Harold was one of his heroes who played for South and went to North. And listeners, that stat was just off the top of his head. <laughs> That's uh, not written down. Well, anyway, I just remember that one anyway. Good on you, chaps. You're a um, anyway, so he thought to himself, I'm going to give it to Harold Order. I'm going to smash him. So they played on the, the muddy cricket ground at North Sydney Oval. And he thought, if he comes in off his wing, I'm going to give it to him. Anyway, I'll just read a quote from this article that was written in, in the um, the late 40s. This is coming from um, Itchy. I spotted him coming across the field, passing man after man. I knew I had him well covered in the middle of the mud where there was no chance of him sidestepping or swerving. Harold spotted me just in time and kicked. I had him measured, however, and his kick wasn't going to stop me. I buried him deep into the mud as hard as I possibly could. <laughs> That's unreal. Oh. I think the referee come over and sort of asked him what was going on. Why'd you hit him so late? And he goes, no, I didn't. I just slipped. I, I, I couldn't get out of the tackle, he said. 
and committed. Just, just on, on that, uh, going back in the day, you don't see games like that today because the fields are so good. But I can I can relate to trying to run in the mud. Remember, Mavo, when you the the ground was a quagmire, mm. um, even like back in the day, Waterloo Oval, and you'd be trying to run in the mud, and, and you had you had no side movement. All you could mm. do was tread lightly, and ho- hopefully you got through it. So I can imagine, uh, yeah. I can imagine Alfie uh, lining this bloke up and yep. uh, just about to knock his head off. Poor old Harold, the try scoring yeah. freak. He's seen it coming. There's nothing he could do. Oh, exactly. Yeah, he was. Uh, he was one of the one of the toughest to play for our mighty club boys. And also, he played a lot of rep too, chaps. You did make mention of that. And Pock, Paul O'Connor, his grandson, has got a lot of this memorabilia at home, and he shared that with us. It's and like a museum. It's like a museum. It's there's a 1924 Australian cap, and there's a jerseys from the different eras and some programs chaps what are those programs you said the the financial reports yeah they're all our financial reports for the South Sydney Rabbitohs in the 30s it is that's when he must have took over as an official mm. and they are in absolute mint condition I mm. can tell you that I zoomed in on them on the photos and had a good yeah. look at them but yeah. I don't think anyone can boast that sort they'll of they'll be all on the website they'll be there if you want to scroll down now they're glorious images of yeah. some memorabilia that's priceless aren't they in good condition too <laughs> that family has done a great job preserving all that they have then later on in life, Itchy worked at City of Sydney Council and also worked as an alderman on Botany Council. 2019. So he was a switched on guy and he just came from that brutal era when men were men and mm. you played against Itchy, you knew you were in for a contest. Oh, definitely. And boys, um, obviously you, you, you touched on it, mate. He wasn't just a fantastic player for our club. He was, he was a rep player. Played for New South Wales, all those um, other rep games back in the day they used to play like a city country style it was Metropolis and, and all that sort of stuff and they used to have the Probables and the City Seconds he played about 24 games all up and he, I don't think he ever disappointed three test matches for for the Kangaroos in, in a tough era where we didn't win many games back then England sort of dominated through that period and also his brother Frank was a Rabbitoh as well and he gained rep honours as well and we'll just clarify that story from last week. It was actually in the 1929 final where they didn't actually have a grand final. So it was in the final when both the brothers scored and then it wasn't until the 2011 grand final when the Stuart brothers scored. It was the next time two brothers scored in a in a big match like that. That's a big record. 1929 all the way to 2011 to break it. So yeah, and he was also... He was an Australian selector in the 40s and unfortunately... Alf Ichi O'Connor passed away in 1970, boys, age 69. Yeah, and I spoke to Paul about his memories, and he said, well, he passed away in 1970. It's a long time ago, and uh, but he did give us all that memorabilia, and what a legend. Yeah. What a legendary family. It's segments like these boys that his memory lives on. Yep. We'll chuff off to another break here on Rabbitohs Radio Podcast. <laughs>
NRL news brought to you by NG Farrah Real Estate. Boys, just a bit of real estate news. Uh, the Farrah Group have made 17 sales in the past seven days, so the market's really strong. It's really hot in terms of uh, real estate talk and uh, some good sales uh, in the local area. Thanks for your support again, Glenn and the team at NG Farrah. They are a shining light in the real estate business and we just love that they support us here on Rabbitohs Radio. Yeah, if you want to achieve a great result for your home, they're all mad Rabbitohs supporters, Martin Farrah, Cameron Ealy and Glenn himself. So 0418 252 825 is Glenn's number. Give him a call and tell him Rabbitohs Radio podcast sent you. You'll get looked after. The Roosters controversy, boys. I didn't see the game, but I've watched the highlight, and it was a bit of a late shot, and how the bunker missed that and he didn't go on report is a bit mystifying. Look, I mean, no one hates the Roosters more than we do, us three in this room, but at the end of the day, we, we wanted to see the game, get it right. Mm. Uh, I mean, they, they could have possibly put a couple of them in the bin there, and for him to take 20 minutes to put it on report, like where they could have maybe replaced him or whatever. It doesn't matter which team it was. It's not good enough. It shouldn't be that hard. You think they've got so much technology there at their disposal. and Well, everyone yeah. else can see it. Yeah. What, why didn't they see it? So, yeah, when it happened, you could see the reaction of the Roosters hooker when it happened. How everyone else missed it in the bunker and the refs and the touchies. Well, you were there the other night in, in the press box and the commentators are not too far away and I'd imagine... Well, obviously the bunkers in, in a not at the ground, but mm. he can see everything that everyone else has seen. Mm. What didn't he see? Yeah, I don't know, mate. We've got all these Dylan, cameras at the ground, and it's just to, to get that wrong. Yeah, so I, maybe it's not good enough. Maybe because there was another foul play before mm. that. Perhaps he was distracted by that. They went back in that and put that on report, but there was two incidences in that. But they could see play. a fingernail get put on the ball to mm. score a try. Yep. But they can't see someone. Well, I don't think they're ever going to win the game, the Roosters. They put up a bit of a fight there, but mm. Parramatta just, just a little bit too classy for them. The resurgence, I suppose, the resurgence of a bloke like Bryce Cartwright where people had him sort of dead and buried and never played again. Mm. Um, he must have been a little bit mixed up there at the Titans, maybe off the field, which, which sort of does translate onto the field a fair bit. And there's a local, He must be in a happy place. There's a local bloke that needs to be credited for that, chaps? Well, I think, I think we can credit um, Paul Stanley. Stanner. Stanner's been getting in his ear a fair bit down there at Maruba Beach. That's, that's where his uh, partner lives. I'm not, not sure if he's down there at the moment, but I've bumped into him a few times down there. But, yeah, Stanner's been sort of getting him to work on his game, work on himself, and yeah. I, I think it's paying dividends. He's got a good football brain, Paul Stanley. What you don't know about rugby league, he does. So and He's a go. good crane driver too. Yeah, well, mate, you, when he gets in the seat. you, you just got to ask him from time to time. When he gets in the seat, He'll he, tell you. he can do big numbers. They just don't know what they've got. Uh, he's a good bloke, Stano. Ah, yes. Shout out to you, mate. Shout out to you. Let's move on to the Sharks preview. Boys, they were smashed 48-0. But we were smashed 50-0. So anything could happen this week. But I think we should go up there and beat them. Chaps, I just want to ask your opinion. And you're a bloke of great knowledge. Has there ever been an interim coach sacked after they've taken, obviously, the position uh, midway through the year? I don't think so, because most of these coaches are replaced sort of late season, you know, only half a dozen games ago, and they're normally just in there to just, just do, get the job done till the end of the season, and the, the the club in the background are planning around that. But, I mean, this, this he's got a long way to go. 
Has he got to be worried, Josh Hanno? Well, more often than not, they come in and start winning. Well, I, I thought they weren't too bad in that opening 20 minutes, a bit like ourselves. They weren't doing a lot wrong, but eventually possession told. They started to have errors, whether it was with the ball or without the ball, and, and they just ran riot, this, this monster Penrith side. Looking forward to us coming up against them in a couple of weeks up there at Dubbo, and we get a few trips back, including Latrell. Cronulla Sharks, they are going to be desperate. A lot like us, and I'm hoping that uh, having a guy like Wayne Bennett in the camp at the moment, he'll be able to dump that game and also use it as motivation to get out and get it right. Yeah, I heard him in the uh, press conference, and I think it was your man, Brent Reid, that asked the question, how do you recover from this, Wayne? And his response was, well, you'll have to watch next week, won't you? <laughs> You'll have to find out when you watch it. Oh, he, love, yeah. he loves the press conference, boy. Mm. I, th- I think he, I think he, uh, he lives for them press conferences all week. He does. Can't wait. He won't, can't wait to give it to blokes and uh, you know one word answers and just leave them standing there hanging. So we'll wrap it up. But as the dog next door starts going off and barking as, as we're talking, <laughs> but I spoke to Bridget yesterday at the footy, and she's going up with the burrow to Suncorp for Magic Round, and I hear that is a fabulous weekend to. to participate in and it was up in the air for a little while there with COVID but she's going up so to all the borough members and all the fans that are going up have a great weekend we'll be doing our show at Juniors Malabar but yes it's going to be 5.30pm Saturday at Suncorp Stadium Chaps just uh, on the team selections what what are your thoughts? Well it's all about availability I guess I don't think there's a lot of guys available besides that that 17 we ran out the other night you might um Tane Milne could be someone that come, could come into calculations, give him a crack. You might get Jacob Host coming back. Uh, we're not sure exactly what his injury was, Brownie, but he, I thought he was in, in some pretty good form. Would you move Gagai back to the centres? Would you leave Cody at fullback? I think I think he'd be looking at um, Burns getting the 80 minutes under his belt and hoping he'd be better for the run next week. Uh, they've got to do something on that right-hand side. Do you, do you start Jed? This week, or because mm. Steve Masters got the hook early in the first half, and then came back out there. So, look, I, I think they probably will make some changes depending on who's available. But yeah, you, you wouldn't think they'd stick with the same sort of lineup after what happened. Well, like Chap said, I don't think there's many players coming back from injury. Uh, Renault's probably a fifty-fifty chance, and mm. apart from him, uh, well, like you said, Host. He should be back, hopefully. We don't know the extent of that injury, but um, there won't be many more players available. Jaime Sele could come into um, calculations when, when, when he's drawing up his team. Mm. But, um, boys, it's, it's... I mean, obviously, we were kept to zero. We didn't score a point, and obviously Cronulla did. We spoke about that. Now, that's the first time that two teams um, in the previous round haven't scored a point that are going to come up against each other since 2009 when the Broncos played the Sharks, that team again, the Sharks. The Sharks mm. again. So, anyway. Yep. Well, look, boys, I'm confident that we'll turn it around. Uh, we're too good a team. We've got too many good players in there to not turn it around. Wayne's probably been in this situation many a times before, and he knows how to get the best out of the boys, and quietly confident. Uh, we'll go up to Brisbane, and we'll bring back two points. Well, I'm not quietly confident. I'm confident that we're going to go up and smash the Sharks and we're going to enjoy every minute of it. And I don't know who the Roosters are playing, but I hope they get rolled <laughs> so that it makes it a good weekend. Yeah, stuff, stuff the Roosters. Right, Amaroon. Take us away.
Thanks for listening to Rabbitohs Radio Podcast, proudly presented by What If, official travel and pathways partner of the South Sydney Rabbitohs. Support the club and visit whatif.com forward slash Rabbitohs to book your next trip. Don't forget to use the code Rabbitohs15 to get 15% off selected hotels. Conditions apply. What if? It's Aussie for travel.